Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Tuska, I'm so happy to have you on today's episode of Book Smarts Business Podcast. Excited to talk about culture impact and and all the wonderful information that you'll have in it. But before we dive in, I really want our audience to get to know you. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Super excited to be on here and to partner in this way. Um, so I live in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I've been here like 15 years. Um, and I, I like to start with that because sometimes we just dive into like, what do you do? And like, I'm, you know, the identity piece, I think it's important to just break out of that a little bit, um, especially as someone who is very career focused. So that's my work. But, um, <laughs> but I, you know what, I, the work that I do is to help people live their, their life in the best way that they can. Um, and in so doing, help uh, create environments that are therefore healthier for others within organizations. So I do transformation, whether it's with an organization and what they're trying to do to shift their culture or an individual who's feeling stuck or they're in transition and, you know, they know they have some patterns that aren't serving them and they're ready to dive in and like really have a breakthrough in their life. That's, that's the work I do. So you make people get uncomfortable and and really work work through it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, that's like a common phrase, right? We say like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's, it, I think it's, you know, just real time. I think it's really about facing what you need to face so that you can move through it and stop moving around it, you know? And yes, can that be uncomfortable? Yes. Can it be cathartic? Yes. Yes. Um, and actually, can it be better than you thought it would be? Yeah. You know, so everybody's everybody's journey with it is different, but it's like being a guide to help you look at the stuff that you're kind of afraid to look at or you think that like this can't change. Like that's that's what I help people with. I love how you talked about you like go straight through it, right? Not around it, because that is something that we will do if it's something that either we don't think we can change or we can do better or it's just scary. We, we try to find a different route um, so that we don't have to deal with it. Yeah. And in, and in my case, you know, it was, it was really burying it. Right. Like, I don't even know if I was going around stuff. I was just like, not even, <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm not even going to look at this, you know, for years and years and years. Um, and I don't know about you, but it gets to a point where that I think for most people, it ends up blowing up in a way that like you kind of can't ignore anymore. And my, my hope is that I catch people before like, you know, DEFCON 4. But unfortunately, most people come for support in DEFCON 4, you know? Well, just from what you're saying, it, it's it, you've, you've done the work yourself. And, and so you've been able to see this transformation. Can, can you tell us a little bit about the work you've done yourself and, and what you've kind of been able to grow or, or learn? about yourself yeah. and and that way and how you transition that to helping others. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um yeah, I mean I I was born with a very visible birth defect called cleft lip and palate. And you know what that means is that at a very early age 
I felt less than. I felt othered. I felt like, you know, in many ways I didn't belong. Um, and so that's one layer, <laughs> you know, of my life. There's multiple other layers of like, you know, what kind of environment I had at home and, you know, all kinds of things. But but that deep foundation of looking different, being different and and not feeling celebrated for that, you know, or not knowing how to celebrate my myself for that. Right. It's it's, you know, something that I carried with me everywhere I went, you know, through through schooling, through my career. And then finally, you know, I had to figure out how do I actually move through this? You know, I mean, there was one point in my journey where it was like, you know, tell me I'm supposed to like have more self-love and I just want to gag. You know what I mean? Like it was like that kind of resistance, right? To like, whatever, I'm over it. It is what it is. No, 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 no. What does it really look like to actually be your own best friend, to unwire my brain, to decondition from what I've been told about what's possible or what it means to be me? And you know, and so facing that, and the work is never done. You know, I can still walk into a room of like glammed up gorgeous women and feel completely inadequate. And, you know, what do I, you know, I have to still do the work to show up in my power and say like, I belong here and it doesn't matter. And like my light shines just as bright, if not brighter, you know? Um, so, you know, that's, and, and, and I think I've always had, because of the work that I've done, you know, and, and how people kind of see me show up in my spaces, even, you know, even if on the inside I'm struggling, how I always show up is I've always showed up in my life as, you know, in power, you know, um, and that's led me to be able to help and support a lot of people along the way. I think people gravitate toward me because it's kind of like what you see is what you get. You know, and I think that kind of, you know, we, we throw the authenticity word around all the time. But the truth is that people see truth and they know truth when they see it. And so I think because of all of that, I think um, my propensity has been to support other people in their journey of just accepting themselves and honoring what what's in their heart. And, and that just kind of proliferates as I went from corporate in my, you know, brand marketing career to entrepreneurship and, and really doing the, the supporting others and organizations as a full-time, you know, main priority. And now you're putting author behind your name too, which is, you know, that can have all kinds of um, emotions can go through the writing process and, and getting that out. So I guess first tell me, you know, why did you say yes to being an author? Why culture impact? And then you can, you know, tell us a little bit about what you wrote about. Yeah, you know what, for me, actually, writing has always been a very strong modality for me, like a strong suit coming from marketing and communication, like, that's just words are what I do. So I've, I've been writing, especially, you know, since I've been building my business for the past you know, five years, a lot, a lot of thought leadership on my own website. Um, and so when this book Culture Impact came around, I was like, this, this is a perfect fit, right? Like, this is what I'm trying to do in the world. And so saying yes was, um, it wasn't really, the challenge wasn't really in the writing realm. It was a, 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 like, am I, you know, am I willing to invest my time, my energy, my resources to this? And, that, and, and even that was like, it wasn't a lot of resistance, which is when I know it's this is the right thing to do, you know? Um, 
And yeah, forgive me about the other parts of your question that I may have missed. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> fine. Cause I, and it's interesting when you talk to authors, everyone has this different like process or different journey. You know, some people are like, I wrote my chapter or my book in, you know, days or hours. And, and other people are like, it, it took me three years. You know, there's, there's so many different stories. And I love that for you is like this, I had this information. I've been, I've been speaking about it. I've been writing about it on my own. Now, now I'm putting it into a different bo box, which is a book. Did you take a lot of the thought leadership content that you used on your website and kind of help build the chapter or, or what was, what was that process like for you? Well, I will say I went, you know, I used all the tools that you guys provided, right? Cause I'm like, look, let me, let me just, let me use this. So, you know, doing that, that upfront work of, you know, the strategy and all that good stuff. And, and really the, this was the first time that I'm, I was writing for this particular audience in mind, you know, like, um, and, and with the particular link to, to, to culture in such a, such a strong way. Um, so it was really exciting for me because yes, I had a lot of like information in the ether and, and I've written about it and talked about it a lot, but here, here I was able to kind of channel and pull some different threads um, for the sake of this, you know, audience. Um, and so I do get, I did get into a bit of a flow, but my process was very much like, you know, kind of write as much as I can in a sitting where I'm, when I'm feeling inspired and then give it a rest and then come back and give it a rest and come back and do a couple of checks with some trusted folks to, to, to show me anything maybe that, you know, I need to see. And yeah, so it was a bit, a bit iterative and even, you know, right as it's done, I was like, Oh, like I would have, oh, I should have done. I wish I, you know, all, all the things. Right. But like, but I feel really good about it. And I feel like it's, it's really useful. It'll be useful and practical because I, my approach is through storytelling and through practical tips. And so I think it's, it's not, I think it's going to be a chapter that people can just start using in their life and in their leadership immediately. When, and your chapter is about inner critics and how sometimes inner critics kind of take control of the culture of a company. And, and I think, you know, if, if leaders are being honest, we all like, well, people in general, right. We all have inner critics or we have our inner child or, you know, whatever you call it, that sometimes isn't the nicest person to us. And, and maybe puts this facade on, you can't do this or you can't do that. And, and all of a sudden you're, you're your own worst enemy in some ways without addressing it. So, so I really enjoyed your perspective because it's not what I would have been like, oh, this is, of course, this is going to be in a culture book. It was very unique in my opinion, mm -hmm. um, how you connected it. So, so talk a little bit about maybe, you know, a little bit about the chapter or, or what someone would get out of it, you know, once they, they finish your chapter. Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And it means a lot. And I think, and I think that people have this perspective of, oh, like inner critics are the, you know, th that's what holds you back from speaking up in meetings, right? I think that's like the predominant thing that people would say, how does this impact culture, right? How does it impact behavior? But it's so much broader than that. It, 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 um, it spans, it, it's beyond confidence, you know, um, and I don't use the term imposter syndrome for that reason, because inner critics is just a bigger concept of 
like what are the things that we as individuals, as leaders are saying to ourselves and how is that impacting how we're showing up and how we're interacting with others? So what people will get from the chapter is very much like, what the heck are inner critics anyway? Like, like, let me help me understand that. And it also talks to like, why does it matter then how we are showing up for ourselves? Why does it matter for how we're leading, but also for the culture in general? Like what impact can it have on impacting culture? And, and then also a huge part of it is, um, how, how do you start the work? You know, because the idea is that this isn't something to point the finger and say, okay, that they have the problem. They need to do this work. What, you know, the, the chapter is very much like you leader needs to start with you because that's where the change always begins. And so that's kind of, you know, the elements from the chapter and, and, you know, also some reflection questions to say, how can you, you know, start to have these conversations within your organization and bring this content forward? Um, because everybody benefits from being able to identify and name and just acknowledge that these inner narratives exist and and they play a role in our actions, our behaviors, our feelings, you know, all, all of the above. It's so powerful to get a leader to have those conversations or to do the work because it does, it flows into the teams, it flows into productivity or, you know, you know, what the business serves. You know, I, I was, there was a a different podcast and I, I can't think of his name right now, but another author, and we were talking about something completely different, but I feel like it kind of works here too. It's, it's that whole filling your own cup before you fill Mm -hmm. others. But if we're filling our own cup with these negative thoughts and these negative opinions about ourselves, when it overflows, it's overflowing into your team and the people around you, your family. And a lot of times we don't think about that. And, 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 and it's interesting because if for me, I think I'm probably too good at maybe overflowing my inner in some ways. And I'm really bad at taking care of myself, right? I should be filling Mm. my cup up with, you know, joy, rest, learning, you know, all those pieces, because then maybe the cup would have less inner credit in it because I'm working on myself. And then all of a sudden my family sees that my, my team sees that, you know, people I work with see that. And all of a sudden, again, it, it really kind of almost comes like osmosis where other people, you know, start to, to do it too. And while you're there. Yeah. And, and and to your point, right? Like it's, it's not just, you know, to me, it's about changing the nature of your relationship with your inner critic, because, you know, those narratives, those, those thoughts, they used to keep you safe at some point in your life. And it goes very far back. And sometimes it gets strengthened, right? As, as life happens and you, and you run into certain folks and messages. But um, so the idea is that you know, we, we have to love that part of ourselves too, right? It's not just like, oh, you know, we don't want to shame it and shun it and talk crap about it because actually it's a part of us and we need it at some point. And, and so it's part of it's changing the nature of the relationship with that. So you can respond and react differently when you hear those, those thoughts in your head, but also what are we, what are we saying to ourselves instead? Like you, where, how, how are we in your words, right? Like filling our cup. 
like filling our cup with the self-care, filling our cup with the words and affirmations and the thoughts that actually serve us and that create possibility and expansion and opportunity. So it's, it's, it's yes. And it's changing relationship and what's going to serve us now. It's like, it's like put something in its place, you know, um, rather than remove, remove the, the negative. It's like, add the, you know, add the good stuff too. I love that. Cause I think a lot of people make the assumption that they have to take the inner critic and move it or, you know, fire it. Right. And, and that is a part of us. That is us. Like we, we've learned about it. And instead of, like you said, kind of pushing it to the side, it's like, accept it. Maybe think, maybe why am I feeling this way? Do the work, but then do the yes. And which is one of my favorite things is a yes. And like, I love, and probably people get annoyed with me in meetings. I'll be like, <laughs> yes. And because, <laughs> you know, it's that whole, like building upon other ideas or building upon, you know, yourself. And, and maybe, you know, today I am feeling down because of something, but, and yes. And I was able to do this, you know, it's, right. it's just, you know, being able to add on, which is, I think so powerful. Yeah. And I, you know, what you're saying sparks what I think is really important about this work. Cause you know, I can, we can write about it. We can talk about it, but doing the work, it, you know, is the energetic shift of that relationship. Like that is where the power is most significantly in the inner critic work because to your point right it's like our, our our tendency might be to like you know um be mean and yell at it and be like what the heck you know but when I do the work one-on-one with people and they start to see what's really energetically behind these 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 thoughts they start to have compassion for themselves and that part of them because they know oh my gosh like and and a lot of times memories come up you know uh, that are related to where that voice came from initially um and I think that's what enables the embodiment of of working with um that part of you versus continuously ignoring it and therefore it getting louder kind of like a kid gets louder when you just ignore them and they're calling your name over and over you know it's the same thing well and and like you said the inner critic probably started as a child it was a child voice because it was probably when we were a child so of course it's gonna get loud and obnoxious just like my eight-year-old does when I'm not listening (laughs) to her (laughs) absolutely well, Tosca, this has been wonderful. I've absolutely loved chatting with you and talking more about this. I'm sure our, re- our listeners would love to connect with you. So what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, in my website, toscadimateo.com has all my contact. You can set up you know, exploratory calls. You can find my email there, um, excuse me, under contact. So, And, and my articles are posted there um, for more content. So yeah, you can find me there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Thanks so much. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about possibly becoming an author yourself, please visit overnightauthor.com for more information. Until next time.